What's going on, people? Welcome back to Keep It 111. Hello. As always, I'm Andy, and I'm joined by the other main man, Sanha. How sure. you doing, man? Good. Alrighty. Well, today we got a kind of a light itinerary, but still some important things to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL, continuing on Sanha's series on fantasy football, and to make sure you're going to be the richest man in the world after this football season and we'll talk a little bit about tight ends tight ends and then we're going to talk about nba uh, some news on big players uh kevin durant and, uh, and and another free agent and then we'll finish off with some talk about the premier league what we saw the past week and what we really expect to see the weekend coming up let's get it kicked off with NFL stuff, uh, tight ends in fantasy football. What you got for us, huh? Uh, so yeah, let's. Um, I'm gonna try to wrap up this fantasy series this week with tight ends. Um, and then next week, I think next week we will have to do like the season preview because the season starts on nine eight. But I go to Korea on nine three, so um, TBD if the pod will be happening the the week immediately before the first kickoff. Um, so we'll have to do kind of a pre or a uh, season preview next week probably. So we'll finish off uh, fantasy with tight ends. So as a reminder, we're talking PPR because that's the superior form of playing fantasy football. <laughs> and we're talking about some tight ends. Um, but this is kind of similar. This is basically tight ends are like a super, um, like a super tightened up version of your wide receivers or your running backs in terms of how you think about them because you can you only start one tight end. Like, you can put one in the flex, but it is not super advisable to do so. And I, I guess if we go into the basics, like, the, the reasoning for that is that unless you have, like, two top-tier tight ends, it's super unlikely that your um, your second tight end has the same upside of a flex player that is a running back or a wide receiver. So that's why you typically do not put your other tight end in your flex slot um, unless you have, like, two of the top tight ends, which it, it's been done. It's been done where you, like, you take, like, two out of your first three picks as tight ends and then you start both of them every season and then, and like, you just own the top two tight ends and no one else has a good tight end. Um, so, like, that's awesome. It's a little meme but it's possible, like, you could do it in theory. I would not recommend that, but you could do it in theory. Um, so, let, let's talk about tight ends. The, there are, like, a few key points that you have to understand when you're thinking about how, when, who to draft for the tight ends or in fantasy football. So, the first thing is, is that the top two um of of tight end fantasy football scoring 
has been fairly volatile over the last five years. However, there has been one constant. The one constant is that since, I believe it was 2016, since 2016, since 2016 through 2019, I think, the four years in a row, Travis Kelsey was the number one fantasy tight end in football. And then since then, um, so he was, oh no, all the way through 2020, sorry. Um, so for five years in a row. And then last year, he was number two. So um, Travis Kelsey has been in the top two of uh, fantasy tight ends for six years in a row. And out of those six years, five of them, he's been number one. Now, the one thing to note here is that Kelsey is getting older. He's 32 years old. Um, so definitely could show signs of sh- uh, slowing down. He was like number one and then number two last year. So I guess if you follow that line of thought, he could be number three this year. <laughs> I don't know. So like, but it's, yeah. yeah, it's true. But it, it's very hard to predict because he's just been so consistent and so good for so long. You know what I mean? It's like, like, it's hard to be number one a repeat fantasy football star like that in your position that many years in a row consecutively. And the other weird thing is that the top two though has been quite volatile. Like, so it was, so it's always been Kelsey, right? For the last six years in the top two, but then your, his partner has been Mark Andrews last year, Darren Waller, the year before that, George Kittle, the year before that, Zach Ertz, the year before that. Rob Gronkowski the year before. So, like, he's had, like, a different part of Kyle Rudolph the year before that. So, like, since 2016, Travis Kelsey has been the only constant in the top two tight ends. But the other tight end, whoever else is with him since 2016, has been different. Has been a different guy every single season. So, it's, it's very weird. Like, statistically, it's unlikely that actually... Mark Andrews repeats as a top two tight end if we accept the notion that Travis Kelsey is going to be a top two tight end again, and then there's going to be a different partner for him at the top. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? It does, it does. So, statistically, it's unlikely that Andrews does it, but but this, this season is a weird season wherein it's the first season since Travis Kelsey was not the number one tight end. In the fall, in in the past season, and Mark Andrews beat Travis Kelsey by a pretty significant margin. If you take the average, like by one point two points a game, um, which is pretty significant. So, if you take both those factors into account, I can understand why in a lot of leagues Mark Andrews is going so quickly off the board, twenty third overall. Um, but Travis Kelsey is going fourteenth overall, which I think is. I don't know, like, it's pretty high, like, it, it's pretty high, I think 14 is probably just a smidgen high, like, I would be pretty comfortable with him around, like, 16, 17, like, I think I'd be very, actually, very happy with him around that range, so I can understand why you would take him 14, I can even understand taking him in the first round if you're not comfortable with some of, like, the lower RB1s, wide receiver ones. Um, in that area, which all of this is to say that 
both Kelsey and Andrews in the first two rounds is completely reasonable, which means that when you start your fantasy football drafts, it is completely viable to start wide receiver, tight end, running back, or or running back, tight end, wide receiver, or running back, tight end, running back, wide receiver, tight end, running back. Those are all very viable um, starting choices this year because the top two tight ends, the top two tight ends, just they just destroy the remainder of the tight ends. So let me let me give you like the example, like the historical examples. Last year, for instance, the top two averaged seventeen point eight, sixteen point six. And then there's a big drop off to 14.8 points in number three, right? The year before that is even more stark. 20.9, 17.4, and then 11. That's number three. 11. That's, that's the stark drop off. Uh, the year before that, 15.9, 15.9, dropped off to 13.8. Again, a two point drop off. Like it's almost every year where there's this big drop off between two and three and then three to like four and five. So, um, so my, my recommendation is that because of the steep drop offs, that's why there's such a premium on the first two tight ends. Um, because there's such a steep drop off between like the top three and then the remainder. And especially if you go, if you compare like number three to like number 10, um, it's like a, like, it could be like a four point per game drop off between, between those two. Um, but the kicker here is that if you look at tight ends five through 10 or even through 11 last year, um, their average points per game are all around 10 points, 11 points. So everything after like the top, like three or four, they're all pretty much the exact same. All this is to say then, so your strategy has to be, okay, either you're going to expend draft capital early to pick up one of the top picks who you're 90% confident is going to be a top three tight end, because that's the only way it's worth it to draft a tight end that high. Or, or if you don't like the value that you're going to be getting whenever those tight ends are available early when you're picking, then you might as well wait until like pretty much the very end of the draft because there's no point in like trying to like wasting like a seventh round pick on the, you know, eighth tight end or sixth tight end or whoever, because they're going to score the exact fucking same as tight end 11 anyway, who is not going to get drafted if you're in a 10 man league, right? You're only going to draft one tight end. Most likely most teams are. So tight end 11 isn't even going to get drafted, but he's going to score the same as tight end five or six. So there's no point then in, in using like mid round draft capital to draft a player who, who is going to ultimately score this fucking same as, as the guy who doesn't even get drafted. Right. Um, So my recommendation is either go really, really early or go really, really late. Being in the middle of the tight ends is not the best place to be this year. Because, so if we look at ADPs this season for tight ends, like the the middle group is very weird. It's like, it's Dalton Schultz for Dallas, TJ Hawkinson out of Detroit, Dallas Goddard out of Philadelphia, Zacherts out of Arizona, Dawson Knox out of Buffalo. That that rounds out the top 10. Um, But like, none of these guys are like slam dunk picks. 
And there, the other thing is that there are a number of guys below them that could end up being very good and have high upside. Cole Komet from Chicago, Fairmouth out of Pittsburgh, um, Jaseki out of Miami, Irv Smith from Minnesota, uh, even Robert Tunyon out of Green Bay, Hunter Henry from New England, Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. Evan Ingram is going against the 20th tight end. And if I had to like rank him like relatively to like, I don't know, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, who are going like tight end 9 and 10. I'd say he's like pretty on par with them if you consider like his like uh, potential. So that's why I'm saying there's really no point in in going, okay, I'm going to use this round 7 pick to get my tight end because at the end of the day, He's really not going to score that many more points for you than than the next guy or the other guy or the guy that doesn't get drafted. That's that's it. I mean, pretty simple. I know it's pretty simple. This. So and so, let's say so. If you think you know tight end two, whoever that may be. So I guess I guess you know the. Projections have Mark Andrews being picked, and you said what he's he's picked at what twenty twenty three three. So, well, that's a big drop off, isn't it? Huge drop off. We're talking like twenty three. You're either saying you know, if you don't get a tight end around that region, you're just gonna get it last. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's gonna be your pick two or three, or it's gonna be your pick. You know. Your last pick, right? 13, so. yeah, 14, like, yeah, pretty much. It's just... Is that what the projections have them at? Is that, is that what the projections um, have? Not really. So the projections have some middling picks, like, sprinkled in there. So they have, like, they have Kyle Pitts at 32, they have Kittle at 40, and then they have Darren Waller at 48. So that rounds out your top five of the tight ends. Um, which... I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to take Darren Waller at 48. I wouldn't blame you, but I'm not going to be the one. Because it's just statistically, statistically, of those top five tight ends, only two, maybe three of them are going to be worth it. So am I willing to take a 50% chance? It's literally a 50% chance. Am I willing to take a 50% chance with my fourth round pick? On a tight end? A 50% chance? I don't know. In the fourth round? I can get some good players in the fourth round. In the fourth round, you can get... What was he? Like 48? You can get Lamar Jackson. You can still get like Cortland Sutton. You can get AJ Dillon. Oh my god. You can even get Chris Godwin then. Um, if you're lucky, you might be able to get like DJ Moore, um, DK Metcalf. Like, do I want to take a coin flip on on Darren Waller? I don't know. I wouldn't feel good about that. Well, well, the only justification for taking, you know, the tight end in the middle round is, let's say, like maybe up to three, four, that there's a steeper drop off once again, you know, from four to five. Yeah, right? yeah. Has that has that historically been the case where I mean sure we get it like seven and ten seven and eleven 
even like five and ten similar. Yeah. Have we ever seen like a case where you know three and four might also provide some incremental benefit compared to you know the subsequent picks? There is some like you'll get maybe a point or two. You'll get a point or two, um, but. Is it is that worth it? Like I'd rather I'd rather take like an AJ Dillon who is almost guaranteed to give me like one or two incremental points, but then also has the upside of providing me like I don't know, five four or five incremental like points relative um to 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 the players around him and in his position. Um, I guess your argument would be that your argument would be I'm taking like tight end four, who I think is, you know, going to get me like an one, one incremental point over the other tight ends after me, after him. I'm like guaranteed that quote unquote, but he has the upside to be like tight end one, which then would put him like five points ahead. Right, that that so like you're basically you're betting on who has more ups like who's more likely to hit the upside, um and and how likely that is. It's just for tight ends, it's just such a crapshoot that it's like impossible to predict, impossible to predict. And the other problem is that with these guys, all of these top guys have been injured, like they all have injury history. Even even Kelsey, Kelsey was out for two games last season. Andrews has had had injuries from time to time. Kyle Pitts hasn't last year, I don't think. I think he played all games last year. So maybe he's maybe the safest choice if you're going to go for a non-top two tight end. Um, Kittle missed a lot of time. Uh, Darren Waller also missed time with injury. So like all these, like except Kyle Pitts, all these top five tight ends have um pretty recent injury history as well which could easily then you know as soon as they get the injured they're almost guaranteed to be out out of the top two contention um Kelsey just barely snuck in there last year because he missed two games um and and Kelsey hadn't had injury history in the past that's the thing though but he's starting to get injured and that's what worries me that's what worries me he's he's age 32 he started to get injured last season. What is that going to look like in in this next season? You know, um, I don't know. Uh, so maybe the safest pick here is 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 Kyle Pitts. If you were going to take a pick like that, um, he's due for some good touchdown, positive touchdown regression because he had so few touchdowns last season. I believe he had one. I'm pretty sure he had one all season. Yeah, yeah. he had one all season. 17 games. <laughs> that's, 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 there's no way in Atlanta. Yeah, it's Atlanta. super unlikely that that happens again. That, you, that, yeah. the, that the clear number one target, and he's a tight end who is like a favorable red zone target anyway, like all, all else equal, <laughs> that he only gets one touchdown through 17 games. That That's super unlikely. Uh, I, I'm thinking he's an intriguing pick, like, you know, outside of all the advanced athletics. But um, same thing about uh, Mark Andrews. I'm yeah. surprised that they're projecting, projecting him lower than Travis Kelsey. I mean, I know Kelsey's Kelsey, but 
Mark Andrews is kind of like Kyle Pitts is he's playing in a system where he kinda, he's he's probably their number one target too, right? Yeah, he he is. He's he's definitely their number one target and I, I you make a good point because if you look at some of like these expert drafts and stuff, some, there are definitely a good number of like experts taking Mark Andrews above Travis Kelsey in some of these like high um like expert filled leagues and things like that right so there is some sentiment out there um that mark andrews could be the the better option than travis kelsey this year um i kind of lean towards that sentiment actually mark andrews is only 26 years old that's a big gap between him and kelsey that's six years <laughs> that's six years of a gap between him and kelsey um the Baltimore Ravens, they lost their top wide receiver, Marquise Brown, to the trade over the offseason. They didn't really replace him. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard to see why, like, I, if I had the choice, between, like, if I had to choose between Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, I would pick Mark Andrews. That might be a bold statement. Yeah, yeah but... Well, I mean, like, it's not even that big of a difference, 16. I mean, 16 and 23, that's a pretty big difference, actually. Yeah, it's, um, I believe it's his 80, their ADPs are almost 10 apart. They're nine apart. Yeah, that's, that's. It's pretty big. Um, You'd much rather be the person getting, I, I would think so, too. You'd probably be happier getting Mark Andrews at 23 than, Kelsey at 14. Oh, I'd be extremely happy if I could pick up Mark Andrews at, at 22 or something like that. Because that's beginning of the third round. Like, that's some value. That's some Poggers value right there. Um, I hope no one on my fantasy football league um, is listening right now uh, <laughs> to this. But So I have the first pick. In, oh, man, um, yo, Mark Andrews, like, you know, I think, I think you pick him at 28. <laughs> no, no, what I'm going to do, no, no. I, so, um, I have the first pick, right, in my league uh, with, with a bunch of my buddies this year, and there are 10 of us. It's a 10-man league in PPR. And so what I'm planning to do is I'm planning to take Jonathan Taylor 1, and then I pick, um, I don't pick again until 20. So my plan is to go Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Mark Andrews. Oh, right, because you get 21. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be huge. That's that's, that's really poggers, actually. It's going to be devastating. It's the ultimate troll fit. I'm so fucking ready, dude. <laughs> this, is like, this is like the luxury of being the first pick is that like you kind of are in control of the destiny a little bit. Yeah, the only problem is that like my first wide receiver ends up being like kind of shit. Jalen yeah. Waddle or something. Right? Yeah, Jalen Waddle's like, you know, he's young. He could do He's got upside for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I I kind of want to do that. Like I I do. I just feel like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon, and Mark Andrews like that. Jonathan Taylor's like the easiest pick ever. Yeah, it's just then, nasty. Yeah. 
honestly like after you after you lock in those three like first you're kind of just you can almost even do auto draft and you probably have a decent team at that point yeah dude so i'm just yeah. like okay give it a go yeah i don't know this and um for and if any of your buddies happen to be listening you know it would be hilarious if you just like this is this is your five this is your five head strategy on getting somebody to take Mark Andrews eighteen. Correct. See, <laughs> you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Listen, it's gonna happen either way, so nothing you can do about it. Alrighty. <laughs> it's something for number two to keep in mind. If you know number if number two wants to go, you know. 19 and then like you know 21 towards someone else it, it's a little a game of psychology the, right? the 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 true like poggers is getting saquon there at the top of the third like right. like that's the true poggers i really really hope it happens and i why i feel good like given his like injury history though you feel good about saquon yeah his upside is just fucking good and their o-line is so much better this year uh like and and their offense is going to use him more like he looks good and remember what i told you remember what i told you about players being removed from their like acl tears or their major surgeries the further they get removed from that the the odds that they get re-injured goes drastically down that's why I'm. That's why I'm okay with it because it's been months. It's been a long time since Saquon tore that. Through that critical, that yeah. sensitive period. Yeah, like, so it's been a really long time since then. So that's why. That's why I'm comfortable with with taking. Especially, oh my gosh, top of the third or bottom of the second. Like that's just pure value. Why I am like why I believe this is a true meme is because if you go on like ESPN, um. If you go on their like, like fantasy like rankings or like they, so like you know when you do the draft they have like them like pre ranked or whatever right so that you like can just pick like one of the top picks or whatever um, when it's your turn if you like don't really know um, like they have they have I'm pretty sure they have Saquon like pretty low like when I looked like the def his default ranking like is very low. I want to say the default ranking is just an ordering of the ADP, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, no, but it's what's like, his, what's his? No, it's ADP based ADP? on the it's based on the ESPN. Um, it's based. Oh, right, you're you're right. It's it's not based on. It's not ordered by ADP. Yet. Yo, it's based on the ESPN projections. It's based on the ESPN projections. That's why it it, it looks the way that it does. But Saquon, like, let me let me. Uh, I might have already moved him up, and that's why. Uh, okay, so if I reset to default here, he's 33. He's 33. Yeah, that's pretty low. 33? I'm going to take him at 21. Wait, is that right? Am I doing that right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, doesn't he have, like, top 10 upside, honestly? Yeah, he has top 5 upside. Listen, there are only, like, yeah. one, two, three, four, five. There are only, like, six or seven running backs with that kind of upside. The other thing that would be great if, like, people, like, slept on Alvin Kamara, but the problem is that ESPN hasn't ranked I Unlikely. Yeah, the ESPN rankings are just, like, you know... Either when ESPN exposes, like, the sleepers that you've been eyeing. Yeah, general. sometimes they do. But, like, <laughs> that's the other thing, is that, like, you have to mock draft on the platforms that you're, dra you're going to be playing on because the rankings are all different. And so you... You have to, like, arbitrage those rankings. So, like, I'll give you, like, examples on the ESPN one. They have Derrick Henry, too. That's fucking ridiculous. Um, but, like, obviously, like, the top 10, like, people aren't going to get, like, bamboozled as much. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Saquon Barkley at 33, I'm going to pick him at 20. I'm straight, gonna, I'm straight up going to pick him at 20. Like, it's a huge difference. It's a, it's a, it's a massive difference. Um... They have AJ Brown all the way down at 27. That's probably too low for him. Um, damn. They, they wrecked Ezekiel Elliott. They have Ezekiel Elliott at 42. Wow. They're giving it to him. They, they, they have Darnell Mooney pretty high up there at 51. Higher. Higher. Like, that's where I would put him, but that's not where ADP has him. You know what I mean? Where does ADP even have Darnell Moon? ADP has Darnell Moon at 68. ESPN has, ESPN oh. has him at 51. You know, these are massive differences. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how it is in football, but like in basketball, in general, most people have lower ADPs until like you get to like some hype names like yeah. or in the draft that like have like significantly higher ADPs, which like balance things out a little bit. Right. But most people in general seem to always have like slightly lower ADPs than. Another great arbitrage target, AJ Dillon's down at 85. His ADP 66. 20, 20 pick difference. Mm. Sure thing. I mean, like, yeah, like the, the, those, those kinds of situations, like, you know, like, there's always some narrative behind it, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a mainstream narrative, too, with that. Um. Anyway. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it for fantasy football, I think, this year. Um, I can't give up more free information. Valuable information. <laughs> <laughs> um. How many leagues are you in this year? Uh, this year, I, I, I'm easing back into it. I'm, I'm probably only going to play, like, four, maybe five. I'm not going to play that many. Yeah, because I take the last two years off. Hilarious. Right, man. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, let, let's wrap the NFL up here. Um, we'll do kind of a, a, a 2022-2023 season preview um, next week before the season actually starts, and I'll give some hot takes on, <laughs> on what I think is going to happen. <laughs> All right. Ready. Let's move on to the NBA. So, um, big headline news in the NBA on what's kind of been a relatively quiet offseason is the Nets announced uh, that 
Kevin Durant will stay with the franchise. I I've been seeing rumors about Kevin Durant to the Celtics. I think was a big one. Dylan mm-hmm. Brown being floated as a, a, the trade piece in that. Um, and it's not every day that like you see because like here's like the normal way to proceed if you're a franchise who might have trade rumors going on with like a star player. Just keep the player, and he shows up on opening night wearing your uniform you don't have to you don't have to post an instagram post saying that like hey just letting you guys know like he's staying with us like yes like that's like your freaking like that's in the contract like he all else you know not happening going to be in a nets uniform so i mean thanks for the clarification but uh there was an announcement that KD will stay with the franchise. I mean, what do you think about... I mean, first of all, what do you think about Kevin Durant staying with the Nets? Also, what do you think about how the Nets went about breaking this news? Because I thought it was really kind of pathetic. It's kind of like, you know... Damn, you guys are... It's just pathetic. Like So, so somebody wrote this about the situation. They wrote, Sometimes, when you have no choice, you have a strange kind of freedom. That's the spot the Nets GM found himself in. Meaning, meaning that when Kevin Durant requested the trade, the GM had no choice. You cannot trade Kevin Durant. Like, it's not an option. That It's just not an option. And so, when, when, so, okay, so backstory on this, right? Durant went to, went to the owner of the Nets and, and he, he basically gave him an ultimatum. He was like, you can have me or you can have the GM and head coach Steve Nash. And the billionaire, basically, based off the result of, of what we're seeing here today or we're talking about today, said, fuck off, I'm a billionaire. I will do whatever the fuck I want. The lesson here is that you can't fucking strong-arm billionaires when you're just a basketball player playing in his league, okay? <laughs> so, but, okay, but, um, I mean, my thoughts on this is, it's number one, like, this isn't the first time that, that this has happened where a trade request for a superstar has gotten denied in the NBA. Like, you can go back to, like, like Kobe Bryant. That also happened, right? Um, he wanted to get traded. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge didn't get traded in 2017 when he wanted to get traded from the, the Spurs. That, that's a pretty, like, recent example. Um, I think, uh, there are examples of, like, Hakeem Olujuwon not being able to get traded. Um, so, like, there, there have been multiple examples of, uh, of superstars not being able to, about, uh, able to leave, um, when they wanted to. So it's not unprecedented, not unprecedented. Um, I think that the Nets, I don't know what the offers were. That's the thing. Like, I don't know what the offers were that they got. I, my, my feeling is that you should just take it because I don't think you're going to win with Durant like I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I agree. I agree. I don't think there's 
you hold on to Durant, and the thing is, like, this the problem is, is that I think you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with KD, because keep him, you're not going to win a ring. If you trade him, there's going to be outrage the fan base and so you know, what do you do um i don't really think there's like a decision that you're like if i'm management that i'm in love with in either case unless a trade proposal that comes in that's so amazing that you even the fan base can't even get frustrated over something like it the thing is is i'm i'm assuming that any of the offers that came in weren't looking like that I mean, first of all, the fact that your superstar requested a trade and that news broke, you're not going to get kind of leverage in a trade that you would have otherwise. And so there's, there's going to be a lot of things missing and more on, um, on leverage in a trade situation and <laughs> in the rumors that we're going to get to next. But with, with KD, I think, yeah, it's... The roster does not look like one that's going to compete for a championship. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Man. It... What happened to Durant? It all... I... I don't know... How and where Durant's going to go down in, in the history books in our minds because I mean it's just so obvious that the talent is top 15 top 10 even like it's just so obvious that the talent is there like like people are saying that Steph Curry is a top 10 player all the time I'd argue that Kevin Durant's more talented than Steph Curry you don't think so? I think I think I think Kevin Durant has like combination of his physical attributes and talent is stronger than Curry's sum of his physical attributes plus talent. I think, like, it depends how you describe talent, because, I mean, Curry's, like, arguably, like, you know, talented in a way that, like, we've never seen before. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like, he's, like, he's, like, goat in a certain department of the game. It's true, it's very, true. Very, very important department of the it's game. It's true. But my point is but that... In terms of, like, yeah, like, in terms of, like, taking over a game... And being completely unstoppable from a talent, skills, technical ability, and from a physical perspective, Kevin Durant, I think, is higher than Curry. Yeah, and, and, and why I compare him to Curry specifically is because Curry's biggest thing is that he can shoot really, really well from really, really far away, right? Katie can also shoot really, really well from really, really far away. Like, maybe not Curry levels. But it's not, like, so far away that, like, people would say that you're crazy for, like, trying to compare the two, right? Like, obviously, like, Kevin Durant's going to always, like, come out, like, number two in the conversation. But it's, like, it's not to say that there's no conversation to be had. Like, there's a conversation to be had because Kevin Durant is also very, very, very skilled at shooting from very, very far away. But then... On top of that, you add everything else. It's why, like, I, like, rate Kevin Durant so highly in, like, the talent department. Um, I mean, no doubt about it. Like, Kevin Durant, like, with the proper resume, like, he's a shoe-in top 10 player. But the problem is that I think the 
the ship for the so-called resume has has sailed, and I don't think he's gonna get that. Yeah, uh, he's he's gonna. Rings are tainted. Yeah, yeah like it. Yeah, just, I don't know. I don't. I don't see him come going down as a top ten player. I don't think he's gonna be top yeah. ten. I frankly. If he doesn't win another ring, like if he doesn't pull something together over the next like, what does he have left? Three, four, three, three seasons, probably like at, like of like top tier talent. Not even top tier talent. Maybe not even three seasons. Maybe he has like two seasons left. Like realistically speaking, um, with his injury hit, like history and everything, if he doesn't pull something together like magically. He might not even be a fifth top fifteen player. In my head. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I'd have to really like sit down sit and think down about it. Yeah, and, like think about like concretely, like who is the top fifteen, and evaluate from there. But my gut is telling me too that top fifteen, like because basketball, like the top ten, like there's like a decent amount, decent number of players that in the top ten are like untouchable. Yeah, so there are. Like, there are, but the, they're the also placement for top ten is really not as open as you think. It's not, but also there are also fifteen top ten players. You know what I mean? It's like a weird, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. know what I mean, right? There, there are fifteen yeah. top ten players. I don't know if they're. I mean, if if I sat down, I don't think it would be like. No, no, no. Because because be listen, like... no, no, no. Because okay, do you accept that Curry is? Top ten player? Yeah, I have to. I don't think so. Okay, okay. We'll okay. Have to look at but it. like, but like, some people will say that he is, which makes which makes him one of the fifteen top ten players. I mean, I think I think fifteen is like kind of. I don't know. I feel like there's probably some. Listen, if I list them off right now, we're gonna go ten real quick. I promise you, like it's gonna be super fast. Like we're gonna fill it up really but, fast. Uh, no, I know what you're saying, but my point is that I think there are like within those like. You could probably make a case for like a tier of like four or five like comparable players. Yeah, yeah. I do, I don't think like because like I think like by saying fifteen top ten players like we're insinuating like a tier of like eight or like nine players. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, you're probably right. Tier, which is like a little bit of an exaggeration. I, I think, think we can boil that. Like, I think the tier would be like from like I I was thinking that the tier would be from like eight to thirteen or something. Like that. that makes sense yeah something yeah. like that something like that um because realistically but, yeah. probably but you're saying. Yeah. yeah yeah so like yeah kevin durant might not go down because here's the other thing andy like we're, we don't have Giannis up there yet probably in a lot of people's lists but he's up there now like he's in the totally. top 15 Giannis in the top 15 i'd have to look at you don't think Giannis has surpassed kevin durant Oh, actually, that's a very interesting question. I don't know. Cause I think, I think, I think inevitably with time that will happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I don't feel comfortable. Like he's saying that yet right now. He's twenty. What Dude, seven? He's twenty-seven. He, he, is that like? Oh, this he? He's twenty-seven. He's twenty-seven. Okay. Well, that's okay. a decent I mean, age, man. Twenty-seven is like. He's like still like halfway through his career. Yeah. Twenty-seven. Kobe had played for ten years. 
also came into the league at 18, though. I don't know. Like, Giannis yeah. comes to the league at 19 or 20 or? Uh, Giannis came in. I think he came in later, actually. Um, he also was like a late bloomer, kind of. Yes, he was a late bloomer for so sure. It's like, yes. Even though he's 27, it only feels like he has been a superstar for like yeah. a short period. Yeah, it, it's because he played in Greece for the first like one, two, three years. Yeah, so like I, yeah. I think it's too early. Um, all, yeah, he's one of those guys that like it, it feels kind of. Oh, but he still like, debuted at 18. Kind of the NBA? Yeah. Okay, but I, I remember though, like for quite a decent time, maybe longer. Me, he's probably yeah. He might have been like for a longer period, just like a regular average NBA player. Yeah, he and didn't he has been a star. He didn't become an All Star until his fifth season. Yeah, so like yeah. he's yeah. It's it's too early. I don't know. But okay, I, anyway, I, like, anyway, and all this is to say that like Durant needs to put like. Do something. And I think that's why he wanted to. Yeah, I think that's why he wanted to leave so bad. Because he knows that... I think he knows that it's unlikely that he wins another chip here. I think he knows... It's a failed project. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think he knows that it's a failed project. But... and, And I think he knows that if he doesn't pull something together in the next couple of years, his body's wearing down. Like, he's had... He's gone through too many injuries at this point. And he's getting older... He, he knows that he's not going to go down as a top 15 player. He ain't going to do it. Which is sad to say, but like... I thought that like a move to the Celtics, I mean, again, I don't think the Celtics probably put together a compelling package because... Probably not. Jalen Brown is just not enough. Yeah, yeah. I, if Jalen if Brown was a rumored name, that means Jason Tatum was probably not part of that package. Yeah. And I think yeah. if Jason Tatum's not part of it, then I don't think that the Celtics would be, unless they're mortgaging their entire future, which I can't imagine happening. Yeah. Um, they're too well run of a franchise to be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then there are no other teams that would give up their stars for him. Like. So, but if, if, if you took out, like, you know, Jalen Brown and then like let's say some long term picks, but like why does that matter if they're win now mode with KD right? So you remove Jalen Brown and then you put in KD into that lineup. That's that. Now we're talking. I mean, right? obviously, like, that's nasty. Now we're talking like that's like uh, still. I don't know if I'm gonna give them like you know the best odds in the league to do it, but they have you know. I mean, let's Pretty made it good. to the NBA Finals, right? Um, exactly. Last yeah. year, it wasn't like. There are some, you know, footnotes in that they had the benefit of, you know, injuries going their way. Yep. Um, they got through a weaker version of Milwaukee. They got through, like, at some point, a weaker version of the Heat. And so when they got to the finals, you know, they weren't the strongest, you know, uh, team to play in the NBA finals by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. But they were there. So yeah. you put a Katie into that lineup, you could easily imagine them going back to the finals again and then, you know, see what happens. For sure. Right? For so, sure. 100%. I, I don't see that anywhere near that kind of prospect for this Nets uh, team right now. So, if you if you were the Clippers, would you consider a Kawhi trade? I, I, I would actually just run it. I would run this season. And see really? I would run it this, this season. Really? Because I understand. I understand, but... The thing is, like, the Clippers have so many, like, this is such a 
different team now, like, I don't, like, I feel like you have to give it a shot. Without, and, like, trying to, like, prematurely, like, you know, mortgage your future. This team on paper, and if things work out, the upside is championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upside is championship. It's like, why not, like, give it a go? Like, your fan base is, like, incredibly satisfied, I'd imagine. If I'm a Clippers fan, I'm incredibly satisfied with the roster that's heading into this season. Yeah. You, so, I mean, the fan base is optimistic. The only thing would be that this, you'd be losing your chance. I mean, are you? Like, I mean, I don't your know one what the contracts look like. Like, they could always, I mean, I don't know what KD's contract situation looks like too, but I mean, what's stopping them from trying that next offseason? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's true. I guess like, it's true. Give it a shot this year. I mean, another injury? I think, yeah. Also, like, their locker room situation is probably pretty solid because uh, PG, Todd Wall, they've been, like, really good friends. Um, they've got really good chemistry. Kawhi's never a person to make a problem in a locker room. Yeah. As long as he's happy with where he is yeah. and which he is. So introducing KD is, like, you know, there obviously it adds more upside, but it also adds downside in a situation where I feel like you're probably pretty optimistic as is. So, um, no, I wouldn't do it if I were the Clippers. I would do it if I were the Celtics, though. And so, um, would you? But, would you? But I, I don't think the Nets would accept. Um, would you? If you're the Nets, would you accept AD for KD? Hell no! Hell no! The hell? Wait, wait. Would you accept AD and Westbrook for KD? What? You just made it worse. <laughs> I tried to trick you. I tried to trick you. Um. <laughs> oh, this, this is sick. This is sick. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move on <laughs> to the next one. Um, Jonathan Mitchell has been uh, floated around in trade ideas, and the New York Knicks are rumored to be one of the teams uh, in for him. And I don't know how long you've known this, Anha, but I just found out today that Danny Ainge is in the Utah Jazz organization. And surely, and sure enough, as, we, as I expect from Danny Ainge, the classic Danny Ainge, he's, the, the Knicks have rumored to have offered two unprotected picks and three protected picks, all first round, part of a package for Donovan Mitchell which already is like you know to me is kind of sketchy and then Danny Ainge comes back with I want four unprotected well you think the New York Knicks are going to pull the trigger on this uh, they have to I mean, first of all I think we can realize that objectively we can agree that four Unprotected first round picks. Donovan Mitchell is insane. No, based dude. on Donovan Mitchell's current trade value, that's insane. Dude, Shams, Shams reported that they offered a total of five, two unprotected, three protected. Hmm? But three protected and two unprotected. Danny Ainge is saying that he wants four unprotected. I don't know if he still wants that one protected, but that's AD. That's AD. Four unprotected. Yeah, I, is that what is, AD is that was what four unprotected, wasn't he? Oh my god! 
I'm pretty sure four, yeah, AD was four. He was definitely four. That's, that's freaking Anthony Davis before he got into, like, chronic injury issues. Yeah. And granted, he's never been the sturdiest, but it got worse after he went to L.A., right? So at the time, his trade value was still pretty high. He didn't have all that baggage and injury history with him. So, uh, unprotected, unprotected swap, unprotected. Yeah, I mean. The thing is, I can see the Knicks doing it. They would be down bad enough. (laughs) For Donovan Mitchell? Like, okay, listen, listen. I, as much as I want this trade to happen, and let me tell you why I want it to happen. I want it to happen because, um, reportedly, this Donovan Mitchell trade is one of the pieces to fall for, for the Lakers to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Reportedly. Oh, uh, as in the Russell Westbrook will head to the Jazz? As in, no, no, no. I think the, I think the line of thought was actually the crazy, the crazy line of thought was actually that Mitchell would go to the Knicks and the Knicks would take on Westbrook's contract. And then Mitchell would go to the Lakers. I'm, de- I'm serious. I'm serious. Oh, I'm serious. This was actually like this is a real thing that that like people have been talking about. Why would so, so the Knicks are just take? scrapping it? So they're they're just getting Westbrook and they're they're not having any net picks movement. So they, no no I mean they would get Westbrook and picks. Get Westbrook and picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, like they, they're gonna take the picks. Like they, they have to get picks in order to take on the the Westbrook salary or the contract. Yeah. And the Jazz, yeah. Jazz get the Knicks picks. Or, or I think, I think, I, like I think what, like how it all would shake out in the end. It would be like, so, like. The Knicks basically use some of the picks that they would get from the Lakers for the Westbrook trade to like facilitate the Donovan Mitchell trade. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so in the end of the day, Lakers just shove a lot of picks to get rid of of Westbrook, um, but get Mitchell. Westbrook, get Mitchell. Utah Jazz offload, get picks. Uh, they they just offload Donovan Mitchell and get some picks. And then Knicks uh, get Westbrook and some picks. It's conceivable. It's not like completely out of like. It's not impossible, but you just never see like three team trades with like two huge contracts like this. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I've seen something like this, it's like. I believe. Wasn't the. It was either Luol Deng or Timofey Mozgov. I mean, but like, those contracts are like, they're not like Donovan Mitchell, Russell Westbrook contracts. Also equally, like arguably even more overpaid, but 
absolutely speaking, as like a calorie, like a salary cap hit, they're not at that level, right? Um, Timofey was insane. Timofey was four I mean, years, sixty four. Like it, it was probably yeah, he was probably getting paid like sixty million per year for four years. And, and then I'm pretty sure Luol Deng. I'm pretty sure this motherfucker. <laughs> he was even more, dude. This guy was four years, seventy two million. That's crime. I know. <laughs> this mother. My. He's nasty. And mind you, this is. This is like six years ago. This is like seven years ago. Of eighteen million. I mean, even then, like you know, max contracts back then were still like in the twenties. Yeah, in like. Maybe like the mid-ish twenties, but like this is all yeah, but anyway, anyway. Anyway. Um It's a it would be a pipe dream. And Donovan Mitchell to the Lakers would be pretty sexy. Um It would be I think Donovan Mitchell in Madison Square Garden in general would be pretty sexy as well. I would like to see it because I'm a neutral and you know, Donovan Mitchell playing in I mean, the league as much as we like to crap on the Knicks, I mean, the league is in a better place when the New York Knicks have a... A good know, team. A or a Somewhat team. base of a franchise. Like, <laughs> even if they have, like, a franchise player that just, like, you know, takes on garbage minutes and puts up numbers, you know, like Carmelo Anthony did at some points, I mean... You know who would low-key be the perfect Nick? Trey Young would be... Kinda, kinda. Like that guy would like trash talk everyone, and he's the dude. He's the perfect kind of like garbage time, like score forty points kind of player, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he's like perfect for that shit, man. He'd just be launching threes all day. He'd be shooting like twenty five percent, but like ten of them would go in. <laughs> Like, I guess, like, the only reason why I like Donovan Mitchell a little bit more is because he could put on, like, he could put, he could put highlights on it, like, around the rim as well. Uh, whereas, like, Trey Young's more of, like, an outside threat, and, like, he can slash, but he's not, like, gonna posters and stuff like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna do that, but, um... But yeah, yeah, he'll, he's also, yeah, perfect example of, like, garbage time, like, stat stuff, or... He'd be that um, guy. I think Mitchell to the Knicks would be a fun idea. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun what, idea. What do I care? It's, what do I care? It's not my team. Like, I don't mind if these spend four unprotected picks. It'd be my freaking guest. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's end this off with a little bit of talk about EPL. Uh, it, was a, it was an eventful week. And... It was, it was a week of the underdogs, I must say. And, yes, sir. Uh, First of all, uh, Chelsea being completely thwarted at Ellen Road against Leeds United 3 nothing. Yikes. And one of the, in my opinion, one of the biggest upsets you might see all year, 3 nothing. That's, that's, a, that's a bashing. And Chelsea, I mean, and, and, and what was more stunning about it is just how strong they looked the week prior against Tottenham. Right, exactly. They walk into uh, the game against Leeds United and they look like a totally different team. Caps it off with a red card from their 
uh, headline signing uh, Koulibaly in the dying minutes of the game. And it was, you know, that just sums up how much of a demolition that was. And that wasn't enough. Man City had to really fight for their lives to salvage a 3-3 draw against mm-hmm. Newcastle, who, by the way, looked like they're a legitimate team. And, I'll, and I'm telling you, man, like, I think Newcastle could be in contention for a European spot. This year. Yeah, I could see it. If, if Manchester United don't figure things out for the long term, I could see them, you know, fighting it out for, we'll get to them, but I could see them fighting it out for sixth place. I, I favor a team like Newcastle right now based on form. I mean, West Ham's like lost like three games or something like that. Oh, to start oh, the team. Oh. They haven't scored a goal. You know, uh, yeah, it's true. Leicester City. I mean, they they could be dumping Fofana, so they are probably not going to have the roster to compete for a European spot. So really, the strongest team outside of the top six is emerging to look like somebody like Newcastle or like Brighton. But the thing with Brighton is that they just don't have the quality, and they yeah. used to having like you know strong starts, and then they kind of fall off throughout the season because they just don't have depth and the quality um well managed but they just don't have the talent on paper to get the job done but newcastle on the other hand they've made some good additions and they are off to a good start draw against city and you know they could be in contention for a conference league conference league birth <laughs> um and outside of that um i mean other upset, of course, Manchester United defending home turf against their storied rivals, Liverpool. The boys! And in a game where um, it, would be, it would be irresponsible for us to not, you know, at least mention the fact that Liverpool were having incredibly, like, they fielded an incredibly, like, thin squad, a lot of second-team players. Uh, Darwin Nunez was suspended after his red card, and so you started Bobby Firmino, and I understand he's good, but he's not, you know, the... Don't look at Bobby Firmino as a player who is going to be a regular starter for them. They had to play guys like James Milner. They had to play um, Elliot as well, and so their midfield wasn't the best. And Virgil van Dijk didn't really have his best game, and that just sums up to a poor performance. Manchester um, United, on the other hand, didn't decided to finally do what he thought would never happen and bench Harry Maguire. And Let's go! Their new player of Lissandra Martinez alongside Rafael Varane, and they also benched Cristiano Ronaldo, and they look good. I admit it, man. Good. Hey. <sighs> like after so long having to endure watching Harry Maguire art for us, it is so vindicating to watch us beat Liverpool, like win against Liverpool in the game that Harry Maguire is benched. Like Oh, it's like a. Oh, I don't even know how to describe 
the level of vindication that I feel from that. And the, the greatest thing is that without Maguire, Ron looked incredible. But even better that Martinez looked fucking so good. Like, that guy's tiny. He's probably as tall as you, Andy. But he was so good. He was everywhere. He was clutching things. Like, oh my lord. This guy was so good. Like, I was like, where's this guy been? Like, why, why, why did we saw a guy like this earlier? Like. Oh, he was so good. He was. So, I was. I. I'm very happy. I'm very happy with both benching McGuire, but also the fact that we seem to have someone who can replace him. And I think it's one of it. it, it this might be kind of season defining, right? Because there was always some politics and narratives that really prevented clearly, right? Because Harry Maguire was purchased from Leicester City for 30 million, let's say. He would have been benched a lot earlier. But it had to come down to this, and they said, okay, marquee signing from several years ago, but it's come down to this. We'll bench him and see what happens. And then they just put up probably one of the best, the best performance that we've seen maybe in all of 2022. Oh, 100%. And uh, 2022 from United. And that's kind of pushed them, like, kind of towards a direction that I think a lot of people kind of know deep inside that this team cannot be starting Harry Maguire day in, day out, game in, game out. And so, through some, some of these events, it's kind of forced management to be like, okay, well, I mean, the. Martinez and Varane duo led us to a victory over Liverpool. We have to stick to them next week. And maybe the week after that. I mean, we have to keep sticking to them. And the thing is, is that I think it's objectively going to be better for the team. Benching the captain is like, you know, it's, I know it's not a good look, but I think it's a decision that the entire fan base felt like it needed to happen. But they were just anxious and they were worried that it never would because of the narratives behind um, Harry Maguire. But now they're in a situation where they kind of don't really have a choice. They have to field this entire lineup front to back. Same goes for Ronaldo. You, know, you just won 2-1 against Liverpool without Ronaldo in your starting lineup. You have to keep everything the same. Um, there's no other way around it. And so I mean, I think they're going to go to Southampton and I, I think they'll be able to get the job done. I mean, as long as you keep Harry Maguire out, and, 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 and I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo in the starting lineup either, because as soon as Cristiano Ronaldo goes out, you know, Bruno Fernandes looked a lot better. Uh, Rashford looks better. Jane Sancho, of course. Sancho you know, unlocked. That was the big key. That was the big key. Sancho looked unlocked. Everybody, everybody up front just looked a lot better without Ronaldo on the yeah. field, right? Yeah. And so um, I think... You know, the personnel decisions were always a problem, you know, like, can you bench Ronaldo? Like, how is it going to look if you're Eric Ten Hag benching Ronaldo, benching Maguire? But the thing is, is after getting thrashed for nothing, Eric Ten Hag was like, you know what? Like, now in this, in this dire situation, I could do everything against all narratives 
and see what happens. And I will never catch flag for it because after a 4-0 defeat, he needed to change things up. And he was forced his hand kind of into this situation. It ended up working out well. And now he's, he's got all the backing to continue in this direction. And I think, um, I, think they'll be, I think they'll be a lot better. And they, I think they'll win in, in Southampton as well. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Last week, um, so, so last wait, week... Wait, 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 we can't move on before we talk about our new signing. Oh, yes, of course. Yes! Uh, we told... Well, who... we, we, were, we were just about to say, right, like, uh, the, the, the starting lineup needs to stay the same. Except... And you know what? And you know what? I think... I think that Ten Hag might feel the same starting 11 against Southampton. I think he might do that for one that. week. I, th- I can see that happening for one week. But I think everybody on that field deserves it. Yes, yes. No, I'm, Malasia played really well. So, like, yes, I, I agree with that. But you can't keep, can't keep a star like Casemiro on the bench forever, baby! <laughs> Best defensive back, or defensive mid, in the world. Champions League champion! Oh, my... I think four or five time champions. Yes. Like, and then like four yes. time Liga champion. Yes. Insane. Like he's won it all. Like in such a great position. I know. I don't. Why would he come here? I don't know. And, and, I, and I was saying, and I was saying like, why would he want to go to Man United? And I thought about it when it happened. I was like, damn, it happened. He went to Man United. I thought about it and look at his accolades. And I'm like, well, so what if he doesn't win anything at Man United? He's literally won everything there is to win. And he's just there for the money. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, you're happy to be him. Playing at Manchester United, albeit like this is probably like the worst time to be playing at Manchester United, but getting a lot of bank. Uh, what is he getting? Like 350,000 pounds a week or something like that? Something like it's a something lot of insane. Money. It's a lot of money. Um, and so, I don't care. I mean, yeah, um, he's obviously going to be starting like games regularly. Maybe not. Starting next week, I guess that's that's all I think. I just, I, I just think that having a guy like Casemiro is going to also help further unlock Bruno up front. I think he's going to provide a lot of stability in the back, um, and and give us also also a veteran presence in the back, right? Um, who can because look, Martinez is young, Ron is a veteran. Uh, which is good. Malasia is young. Metamine is young. Like, these are all young players. Casemiro is similar to, like, that Matish signing from, from several years ago that we, that we got when Mourinho um, was, was our manager. Um, similar to that signing, we're getting, like, a, a proven veteran who is very, like, smart about the game. Like, if you, have you ever heard, like, Casemiro talk, like, in, like, an interview? He's, he's, like, Different from his playing style, which is, like, very, like, aggressive and rough, he's actually, like, super composed, like, um, really well, like, thought out um, individual when he, when he talks and when he does interviews and things like that. So, 
you know that that leads me to believe that like he's the kind of player who's like very like intellectual about it and you have to be you have to be if you're if you're the best even the mid in the world like you have to be cerebral cerebral about the game and he knows how to get it done like obviously because he's won the champions league so many times he's won the league so many times um he's been surrounded by some of the best players ever in the world he's been surrounded by two of the best midfielders in the world right modric cruz like i really hope that some of that experience uh can be can be disseminated to our midfield you know um help to strengthen them help to solidify them um and then and, and if we can get that figured out that will that, that that that's gonna help like both sides of the ball it's gonna help both the front because the 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 uh distribution of the ball is going to be smoother um and then also it's gonna help the back as, as well right the back has been the the biggest like fault of united for for multiple years now um, but you know, I don't like, obviously part of it is because we kept starting Harry Maguire, like that, that's obviously a big part of it, but I don't think that like, that was all of it. I, I think that we were really missing that like solid defense and midfielder who can like anchor and hold us together. Um, and, and I think that's like part of the reason that our defense has been so bad because Matic was there for a little while and, and, and we were good while we, while we had good Matic, we got second place. We got second place with Mourinho in the league when we had good Matic. As soon as Matic fell off the cliff, everything went fucking downhill. Um, I think that position is, is very, very important. And we just haven't had a good uh, defensive midfielder um, since, like, Carrick, I guess. Right, like we we haven't had since, anyone since good Matic. I mean, yeah, if you, yeah, if you wanna, yeah. Since if like good, like good Matic. I mean, I mean, like for like a an extended period of time, though, right? Like, like we had yeah, what was yeah, his face? Yeah. Who 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 did uh uh Louis Van Halbring, Schweinsteiger, fucking thirty? Yeah, yeah. He like was, he was a flop. Yeah, old man. Like looked like he was playing with a cane out there or something. Like Jesus Christ, we have we just haven't had anyone since Carrick retired. Um, and so I, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Um, I know, I know what's going to happen. Like it's going to, it's going to, what's going to happen is what happens like every year with United, you know, they, they do one of these things and then they disappoint. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm cautiously optimistic. Well, um, that, so you projected Man United to go sixth, uh, this season. Has your prediction changed? We're going to Champions League, baby! Wow. Unbelievable. That's so delusional. Oh, my God. Listen, this is the same kind of reaction that you had last week when I said we were going to beat Liverpool at home. All right, man. Uh, thing before we sign off. Uh, score predictions for Manchester United uh, at Southampton this week. Mm. You know, you go first. You go first. I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be three nothing Man United. I, I Southampton's just not. I think they're a relegation candidate this year. And I I. Th- I mean, like, Spurs, like, weren't even playing that well, and they just rolled them over 4-1, like, easily. Um, 
You know what? I'll I'll will I'll take it back a little bit. I'll say two nothing. I'm gonna temper a little bit because like Man United's got to show me a little bit more before I can see them scoring three goals. Um, no, I like I'll that. Two I like that. I like that because you gave me you gave me room to predict three no. Let's go, United! You know what? Three nil is like three nil is like a little. That's a more realistic uh, prediction than you guessed three two uh, for United last week. <laughs> I know it, it ended up happening that way, but, you know, a lot of, as I said, there are a lot of footnotes to that game that we would need to be responsible to mention, right? Uh, that's a Liverpool <laughs> squad that you're not going to see again at Anfield, let me tell you that. Uh, right. Oh, that concludes man. it for this one, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening. As always, keep it 111. Hey!